On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. Today, I want to explore uh, the connection between what's happening right now here on earth and to what's happening right now in heaven. What's what we're all doing, and that's stockpiling. That's this morning's message for you. We're all doing this to one extent or another. Everybody's doing it. So, uh, so it's just a matter of how much we're doing it. So let's get started. Grab your Bibles, would you please? Open up to the good news. There are four good news books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm going to be in Matthew this morning. I want to start mid-sermon where Jesus is giving a two-sided command. And it's a, it's a don't do that, do this instead moment, right? And so here's Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, I'm still in Hosea, here he comes, okay. Matthew chapter 6, watch this. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start right here, and again, he's mid-sermon, this is, this is his sermon on the mountainside, so he's kind of down by the Lake of Galilee, uh, at what's known as the Sea of Galilee, and he's got these people together, he's got them all gathered, and he's in the middle of this teaching. And starting in chapter 6, starting in verse 19, I want you to hear what he has to say here. He says, and this is is going to be a teaching about money and possessions, but watch how it's really about heaven. So that's what I want you to see here this morning. He starts in verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Don't do that. Do this instead. Store your treasures in where? Heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. And then he links this double command with the desires of our hearts. Watch this. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Now, the obvious question I walk away with when I see this is regarding the treasure that he's mentioned three times in three verses. Treasure, treasure, treasure. I'm like, what's the treasure? Right? So, so I want you to open your app this morning because I want to unpack this treasure that Jesus is talking about. What does it look like? How do we store it? Is it spiritual? Is it physical? I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but the answer is yes. Okay? Next, what's really wild is we find what seems to be a, a couple of dangler verses. That's what I call them. It's these verses that are just kind of hanging out. We're not even sure why, what they have to do with what he just now said or what they have to do with what he's about to say, but here they are nonetheless, and, and it just seems like they're just there, right? Take a look at this, verse 22 and 23. He, he's talking about treasure, 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 and then 22. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. I'm like, wait, what? Like, he turned this corner really quickly, right? Watch this. It'll come around. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. Your eye is good. Your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light, watch this, the light you think you have is actually darkness, I feel sorry for you. How deep that darkness is. And, and I love this, right? So we see this, this moment, right? This, 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 again, a couple of dangler verses. I'm like, what does that have to do with the treasure? He, he was talking. He, I could see. I, I was pacing with him, right? Hey, it's about treasure. Hey, it's about treasure. Hey, it's about treasure. Hey, by the way, the light in your eyes. I'm like, wait, what? 
Like he, he was starting to build something, right? And so here's what happens. We, what we see, he's saying what we see affects our whole being. And so the question is, what are we looking at? What are you and I busy looking at? You could fill this in on your blanks. If we focus on goodness, that's going to radiate outward from within. If we focus on goodness, that's what he's saying here. It radiates from within. In fact, the Bible tells us from the, watch this, the heart, the mouth speaks. So we got to ask ourselves, what's going on in here, right? It was Paul who even told us to fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, what is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable. We're to think about these things that are excellent, the things that are worthy of praise. That's the way Paul outlines it to us. But you can fill this one in too. If we allow our eyes to focus on evil, if we allow our eyes to focus on evil, we are so affected, listen to me, by what we see. Whether that is the nightly news, and, and that is quite honestly breeding fear in many people, fear sells. Whether that is the internet, whether, whatever we're focused on, beloved, listen to me. When we focus on especially evil, Darkness corrupts from within. It corrupts. There's something that taints everything around us. And listen to me, it pollutes me first, and pretty soon I start polluting you. You ever find yourself hanging out with someone who uses a lot of cuss words, and the next thing you know coming out of your mouth, you're like, I don't even talk like that, but now I am. And, and it's just me. I'm sorry. I repent right now. I, I, I am the problem, Okay. Let's continue. Watch this. Verse 24. He, he picks it right back up again. We Remember? Treasure, treasure, treasure. Light in your eyes. Light in the body. Right? And then watch this. 24. No one can serve two masters. He gets back to it. Watch this. You're going to hate one and love the other. You're going to be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. He just picks it right up from verse 21. I'm like, okay, yeah. And it's easy for us to make this connection between God and money and treasure and money because essentially Jesus just did it. He just, he just pulled it out for us, right? God and money are both masters. You can serve only one master. We got to decide between the two. We got to hate one, love the other, right? We got to be devoted to one, despise the other. We got to serve one and... What do you do with the other? What's, what's the other one? So we, we serve one, and, and what do we do with the other? Well, he, Jesus is about to tell us, and it's right here, with all the stuff that moths and rust destroy, with all the stuff that thieves break in and steal, this is the other thing that we do. Watch this, verses 25 through 34. This is why I'm telling you not to, say this word with me. <sighs> now you want to raise your hands with me? bunch of liars. Come on, I'm giving you a chance. We worry. It makes me crazy. It makes me cra The anxiety. Are we going to pay the bills? Is the car going to break down? Is this going to last? What's going to happen with this relationship? Are they going to be upset? Are they going to be happy? I got this birthday present. I mean, I, I bought a birthday present for somebody. I'm so excited. And then I get there, I go, oh, maybe they're going to hate it. What is wrong? That's why I'm telling you not to worry. Remember, he just got down talking about God and money. Only one master. Watch this. Don't worry about everyday life. 
whether you have enough food and drink, have enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? Isn't your body more than clothing? Check out the birds, man. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They're lazy bones, right? They don't store food in barns. Your heavenly father feeds them. Hey, aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No, actually, scientifically, it's been proven all those worries take away from your life. It, that's a fact. Go ahead, Google it this afternoon. He says, you can't add to your life. In fact, you'll take away. Verse 28, and why worry about clothing? But I like clothing. Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work. They don't make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory, he wasn't dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, the California poppies that are here today and gone and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He's certainly going to care for you. Oh, here's the big question. Why do you have so little faith? Hey, so don't worry about these things. Saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? These things dominate the thoughts of those other people. Not us, right? They don't dominate our thoughts, do they? I don't worry about what we're going to eat, where we're going to eat. Right? Where do you want to eat? I don't know. You decide, right? We don't worry about what we're going to wear. We don't worry about the mortgage. We don't worry about our finances, do we? Oh, no, watch this. He says, hey, those things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he's going to give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. You know why? Because tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. Anybody hallelujah? Wow. I got, I got enough going on. Food, drink, clothing, the stuff of what he calls everyday life. But again, did you see what's connected to the stuff of everyday life? It's the other thing that we do. And you can fill this in. With God and money, we hate one and love the other. We're devoted to one and despise the other. And we serve one and catch this. We worry about the other. Who's serving God in the house? You know what we're doing with money then? <laughs> we're worrying about it. We worry about our money. And he says, listen, you got to serve one master. Don't serve money. Serve God. But then he goes, hey, but by the way, listen. And by the way, worry is your fill in there, but don't fill yourself with worry, right? He's saying, listen, he says, hey, listen, I want you to be sure that even though I'm outlining this for you, four times Jesus says, do not worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I love this because if we're serving him, we're going to have everything that we need. He says, hey, you got to get this perspective. Serving the master, seeking his kingdom, living righteously, that's what we're called to do with our time here. That's what we're called to do. Now remember, just remember this. We're not talking about our admittance into heaven. All this scripture, is, it's not talking about how we get to heaven, right? We handled that a couple weeks ago. We are saved by faith through grace, right? It, 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 that's handled a couple weeks ago. But there are things that we are doing there are things that we're doing that are kind of a, a byproduct of our faith. I have faith through grace 
but there's some stuff that I'm doing. And you know what? Last week, Les mentioned it. By the way, thanks for letting me come back this week. <laughs> Did I tell you, fasten your seatbelts last week? I, I, I'm working myself out of a job having that man of God around. And then Pastor Ashton a couple weeks before that. I'm like, what am I doing, right? right? But Pastor Les said this. He said, he said don't we all want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Anybody remember him talking about this last week, right? Well, what is it that God's talking about us having already done? It's the stuff that we're doing right now. Hey, church that tells you you don't have to do anything, not, not to get into heaven. That's a belief. That's a faith. But we are all doing something. And if we weren't, why would he say, well, done? You've done something. You, well, done with what you did. When was I doing that? He said, on earth. When you fed these people, when you took care of this, and you housed these people and gave these people. He's like, oh, we're supposed to be busy doing stuff, right? We are serving and giving. And that is how we store treasures in heaven. That's how we stockpile serving and giving while living on earth. Paul wrote it like this. Check this out in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Watch this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, I need you to do something for me. I need you to set your sights. Listen to that. On the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. He continues, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Where's most of my thoughts most of the day? Right here. Paul's saying the same thing Jesus said. Hey, 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 hey. And it's not this anymore. It's this. I want you to think about these things. He says, because you died to this life. This is why. Because your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you're going to share in his glory. Here's what Paul's trying to get us to do, and you can fill this in. Focus on the realities of heaven. It wasn't until I hit this series that I realized how much the Bible talks about heaven. You guys, I could keep bringing more and more scriptures to you. I could do this for the rest of the year. I, I was surprised. I knew, the, I knew the Bible talked about heaven. But I'm telling you, I keep going, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. It's constant. The encouragement to stop looking at this and get your eyes focused here. You know why we're struggling with mental health? Because we're busy looking at this. We're thinking I'm gonna so that somehow, well, the pastor's going to lead us. pastor's going to get us through it. Not this guy. I'm barely getting it myself. I'm hanging on. I, there are days I'm white knuckling. Oh, well, nobody here is thinking, the government's going to get us through, right? Listen, listen, the, the Bible's very clear. Set your focus on the realities of heaven. Set your sights. Think about heaven. And that's why I called this series, Get Your Head in the Clouds. Think about heaven. Now, here's, here's a good example. When we, when we stay at a hotel, 
right? We've all stayed at a hotel at some point or another, right? Do we take the time to change the wallpaper, put in new drapes, new carpeting? No. You know why? Because you're only there for a couple of days. The, the hotel room is not your home. And if you stay any amount of time in a hotel, you often will say this, I can't wait to get home. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Get your focus, get your head in the clouds. This is a Motel 6. This is nothing. This is nothing. What we got going on here, man, they really could have used a paint job. But it was the cheapest one. It's the only one a bit, right? I'm telling you, we are slumming, folks. If you heard the beginning of this series, you know we are slumming. Compared to what has been outlined for us for heaven, this, this is trash. And yet we keep going, oh, I love my trash. Look at my trash. I drive my trash every day to work. Look at the trash. My closets are filled with trash. We got a new roof on our trash. P please, please know this. We, we're only here for a few nights. That's the way it needs to be with us. We, we can't be investing our time in accumulating material things here on earth because, listen to me clearly, they're only for a moment. And if you've had anybody that you've lost in this last year, I thank God every day that we have lost no one to COVID in this last year in our congregation. I know people that know people, etc. but literally from our congregation, we have not. And there's been a lot of people. We've lost a lot of people. But because our permanent destination is heaven, beloved, our time on earth is temporary. So we need to readjust our priority. And there's nothing wrong, please let me pause for a moment, there's nothing wrong with having stuff. Okay, I got stuff. I got stuff. I, I've got the house. I've got the car. I've got the closet full of clothes. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where our focus is. Where he said, put your sights on the realities of heaven. You could fill this in. Investing our treasure in material things keeps our hearts anchored to earthly values. See, as long as we're looking at nothing wrong with washing your car. I wash my car. But if, God, God, I got I to keep it. God goes, your focus is wrong. That's going to fall apart. A couple of years, you're going to need tires. And then you got to get an oil change. And eventually, you're going to trade that thing, get rid of that. That's not going to last. We all know that, right? When we invest in the things of eternal value, then we stop getting distracted and foolishly tempted to try and serve both God and money. Jesus is the one. I didn't make this up. Jesus said, you can't do it. You can't serve both God and money. Now, this, is, this kind of talk is why we know that those earlier verses aren't actually dangler verses. Because when we set our sights on heaven, when we start thinking about heaven, the things that are right and worthy of praise, right? The things that are good, we set our sights. That's why those aren't dangling verses. When he's talking about, hey, hey, what your eyes focus on makes a big difference. I'm like, uh he tied in. See, I'm, I'm just so ignorant. I'm reading. I'm like, what does that have to do with what? But when you sit for a while and you reread it and reread it, I go, oh, that's
that's what he was doing. Of course Jesus makes sense. What was I thinking, right? It's directly connected to getting our head in the clouds. But here's a question I have for us today. And please hear me. This is not theology. This is not in the Bible. This is Pastor Marty Walker, ADHD, first class right here. What if, this is just a great big what if, this is just my imagination. What if, what if the treasures that we store in heaven are the building materials used to build our mansions, our homes, our rooms in heaven? Just stop and think about that for a moment. I was posed, I was poised with this question. I thought, uh, posed with this question. I thought, wait, what? What if... Every time that I serve, every time that I give, that sends up two by fours. What if surrendering my rights and submitting to his will sends up plumbing materials and roofing materials and and nails to build this place that I'm going to live in in heaven? Jesus said this, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Right, Jesus prayer. So that's it's just my imagination. But I want you to consider this question: What if our building materials, just the two by fours, the drywall, what if that's the stuff that we're storing in heaven? Just what if? This is actually where I want to talk about the resources that are being invested here at the sanctuary. Things have changed, and we are stewarding. What we are stewarding is very limited. I want to show you something. These, so you see them. Just check them out. These, these are all the people who used to serve with children's ministries, who no longer serve in children's ministries. (laughs) Listen, before the pandemic, a little over a year ago, all of these people were helping in our children's ministries. This is, this is just one area of our congregation, all these people. Now, there's still a bunch of people serving down there, but I'm letting you know, all these people, all these people, and, and this, is, this isn't a bad thing. So, some of these people have stayed home. There's legitimate reasons. My, my wife was babysitting our granddaughter a few weeks ago, and she had a runny nose, so she couldn't come to church, so she stayed home and watched the service online. I get it. But some people just decide, well, I'm going to stay home. Some, some of these people moved away. The, the great exodus from California. Okay? Some of these people got offended that we wear masks. Some of them got offended that we didn't wear masks. I know. I don't get it. I'm like, how can you be upset at me for both things? You guys don't wear masks. I'm like, we do? No, you guys wear masks. Yeah? Gone. Some, I, I, honest goodness, in one day, after first service, and at the end of second service. So within 90 minutes, I was told by one person, you know, we're not coming to this church anymore because you guys are too liberal. And then after second service, I'm not coming to this church anymore because you guys are too conservative. I'm like, what? I I just didn't understand. So people got offended. Some people just transitioned elsewhere. Jobs took them places. But this, this is just, (laughs) look at that. These are the volunteers that were helping in children's ministries. That is a lot of people no longer in our children's ministries. No longer helping. That's just one area. But here's the thing. You're here. You're here. And you know what? We need your help. With children, 
with youth, with young adults, with men and women from singles to seniors. We are caring for people. We are caring for people. It's what we do. These people are no longer doing it, but, but you're here now. <laughs> so I go, hey, help, help me here, because we need your help with media. Oh my gosh, you know, we're training new people every, every week on these cameras that you see going around, up in the sound booth, running the sound, running the lights, running the, all the different things that are going on. With hospitality, we're having coffee every Sunday now, right? With the emergency response, the safety response team that just keep a watch for us. I cannot tell you how many times a medical emergency has happened while we're in service, and I bet you didn't know about it because we have an emergency response team that's doing their job all the time. You see them wander around. They got the black shirts. and little eagle has landed. <laughs> that means I'm somewhere down the children's wing goofing off, right? The eagle is missing, right? I tell you. But, but you see them, right? Care ministries, community groups, discipleship. Do you know how much we need discipleship regarding our marriage, regarding our parenting, regarding our finances? We need discipleship. We need people because we're serving people, but we need people to serve people. Again, children's ministries, youth ministries, our young people, statistically it's proven, young people need a minimum of five adults in their life to be balanced and well thought. Five they need five people. Think about if your kids turned out well, I guarantee if you look at their life, you go, okay, it wasn't me, so it was probably my wife. All right, you know, that's not, I don't count as one of them. No, but they need five people, just adults going, hey, right on, good job, excellent. Whether that's a teacher, a coach, a counselor, a parent, an older brother, somebody in their life, an adult, our, our youth need help. Our children need help. We are being tested like never before. And I want you to know, none of those ministries that I just mentioned, none of those ministries have ceased to minister because there's a bunch of people serving. But I got to tell you something, we still need your help. The hardest part, I think, of this last season has been not seeing you and not seeing you. I, I, I have often said, I, I feel like an airplane pilot, you know, telling somebody, oh, yeah, I'm a pilot. And they go, oh, do you have a plane? No, I don't have a plane. Oh, do you fly? No, I don't fly. But you're a pilot? Yeah, I'm a chauffeur. Oh, cool. You drive a limo? No. So, but you're a chauffeur. You have a limo? No. But you're a chauffeur? I'm like a barber without a pair of scissors. I have been a shepherd without sheep. It's been hard. I'm still trying to figure out Who's our flock? I, I don't know. I don't know who's, who's here, who's not, who's come, who's, who's back. It's been a whole year. I feel like it's been a whole year of church anywhere but here. I'm ready for church only here. <laughs> listen, okay, listen. And, and I say that, I'm just like, and I, you know my heart for the body of Christ. That's why we do church anywhere but here. Those of you unfamiliar are like, what is he talking about? Church anywhere but here, we close the doors of the sanctuary and say, go fellowship somewhere else. 
Go, go leave an offering somewhere else. Go to church somewhere else. We're going to close our doors because we love the body of Christ and we're not in competition. So go to that school where that church is meeting. Go to that other church. Go to that other denomination. Go to that high school. Go to that wherever. And I give out a list of churches. I go, go visit. And every year people don't come back. And I'm okay with that. But I'll tell you what, I'm ready for church only here. <laughs> I'm just like, can we, can we just do it here, right? The thing is, the work is plenty, but the workers are few. It was Jesus who told us that the kingdom of heaven, listen to me now, is being forcefully advanced. And yet, violent people are attacking the kingdom. It's in Matthew 11. Those are Jesus' words. The kingdom is forcefully advancing, but violent people are, we've seen that, haven't we? Violent people attacking the church. This is our main takeaway this morning. Write this down. The way to store up treasures in heaven is through investing in getting people there. I'm not here for me. I'm here to take as many of you as I possibly can. That's my role here on the planet. I want to get as many people to heaven as possible. That's how you store up treasure in heaven. I'm investing in getting other people there. So time, money, volunteering. I, I'm not, I don't just volunteer here. I volunteer with the sheriff's department. I volunteered at the hospital. I volunteered at the, at the crisis pregnancy center. I, this is what I do for a living, but then I volunteer out there too. Now, let me pause for a moment. If you're out there, and I know you are, because I see you check in each week. I don't know who you are, but I know you're out there. I'm asking you to consider returning here. We have a lot of fun going on in here, and it's better when we're together. Is it better when we're together? Did you hear that? Okay. Here's what I want to tell you. You are missed because you're missing. So if you are able-bodied, put your butt in a chair. It, 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 I just, I encourage you to come back again because we're better together. But here's what, here's what it is. I'm asking everybody to consider partnering with us. Everybody consider partnering with us. What, what is it that we are doing Engage in the work that we're doing. Not just children's ministries, not just youth, young adults, singles to seniors. We, we have a lot of ministries going on. And you know what? It's rewarding. And here's the best part, in my opinion. And I've asked. We're having fun doing it. I can't tell you how often people go, I kind of like it. It's fun. I'm like, listen, if we're not going to have fun, uh, look, there's plenty of churches to go to. Let, let's have fun while we're doing it. Let's like each other while we're doing it. Let's keep doing this. Okay. I'm asking everybody to consider volunteering at the sanctuary somewhere. I listed off a whole bunch. And if you go to the sanctuarychurch.com slash for the one, for the one, you can see a list of places where we need volunteers. We are opening back up again. And as we open up and the church is already growing, it's amazing. Now what? Now how, do, how do we continue to serve all these people? Giving of your time in some area to help care and serve for people, listen to me, inside and outside of our congregation. We're going up to the local high school, the local elementary school. We're serving outside of our congregation as well. And lastly, I'm asking everyone to consider giving financially. I am. If you've been blessed, if you've been encouraged, if you have been strengthened by the ministries, the worship, the, the coffee, Listen, the, the government doesn't go, oh, the sanctuary, here's more money for them. You, listen, we survive 
We thrive on us. It's what we do. We give a waiter 20%. A waitress, 20%. Thank you for bringing out my food. I know you didn't cook it, but this is for you. And God says, just give me 10. Give me 10%. Try me. In fact, it's the only place in the Bible where God says, I dare you to test me. You give me 10%, you watch what I will return back to you. I'm like, heck no. I, this, is, this is me. Forgive me. I can't do that. I don't have the money. 10%, you got to be out of your mind. Just test me. And so I go, okay, I'm going to test you. Here's 50 bucks. It ain't 10%, but it's 50 bucks. And I ain't got the 50 bucks. And the Lord says, I want you to give it to this ministry. I want you to give it over here. I'm like, <gasps> and see, watch this. God goes, I gave it to the homeless man at the gas station. He goes, what a waste. I'm not going to return that to you. No, he doesn't do that because by faith I gave it to that homeless man hoping, hoping he's going to spend it on food, hoping he's going to spend it on some form of shelter. He may spend it on alcohol. I hope not. But God doesn't look at me and go, I can't bless that. No, God, I'm, I'm giving it to the kingdom. I'm storing treasures in heaven. He said, when you see the homeless, you feed them. You take care of these people. I don't know how to do it. I stop giving cash. I actually just give food. I have bags in my car. They have toothpaste, toilet paper, all kinds, just a pair of socks in the bag. You know what homeless people need? Socks. So I keep bags in my car. Because when I see one, I go, is that one I'm supposed to? Is that somebody I should minister to? Beloved, we are today's answer to what's been happening for the past, listen to me, 84 years here in Santa Clarita. We are today's answer. 1937, this congregation started in a little chapel up Sierra Highway. Our spiritual grandfathers, great-grandfathers, 1937, for the last eight decades, believers have been doing their part to make sure that Jesus is preached as Savior, healer, baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and soon coming king. That happened in the 40s. It happened in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, 90s, and into the 2000s. And now, for the last 20 years, it's been my turn in this congregation to serve. And while we're together, listen to me, it is our turn. We are today's answer. We're today's answer for what the kingdom needs. I want to bring the more campaign back to the forefront of our minds and, may I say, our wallets. What we just did, what we just accomplished is awesome. But as I told you, all those families left. It was really wild. We decided we were going to redo this. We went, great. And then the pandemic hit and poof. These, these just represent some. This is not all the people that left hospitality. You should see the list, of card, or the list of names. I couldn't find the cards for hospitality. These are just the cards for kids' ministries. Hospitality, people just, and so people left the state. The pandemic hit, and poof. But I realized, but we're here. So I'm enlisting you now. I'm saying, hey, I need your help. I want to bring the more campaign back online. These are at the exits of this room. These envelopes, if you don't know about the more campaign, this is how we did what we did, right? I, I gave you just a little thing, and I said, would you just consider, just pray, pray. We, at one point, we did $5 per person per month. That's, that's what we were doing. It was just a, a, an easy campaign, because everybody goes, I can do $5 per person per month. And so that's what some people did. Other people had more resources. I go, okay, great. I, I'm asking you just to consider what we do. We're, we have more to do. We have more to do. It's easy to forget how we got here. How many of you 
have been here since, how many of you got here since the pandemic? Since we moved out of this building and we moved across the way. How many of you arrived since then? Anybody? Show of hands, right? Just a few, right? There's a few of you, right? Listen, awesome. I'm glad you're here. But here's the hard part. It's, it's easy to forget how we got here if we weren't part of getting us here. I, I don't remember all that. Like, how many people remember the pillars that were in the middle of this platform, right? And how we tried to work around those pillars during our drama, our, uh, the Fiddler on the Roof, the different drama presentations. Like, man, we, we got rid of that. And then we're still f- trying to figure all this out, how the sound works, how the lights work, all that other stuff, right? We've forgotten how Christians for centuries have shaped the healthy society that we live in. I'm letting you know Christians shape that. Schools, universities, hospitals, labor unions, public libraries, voting rights for women, for ethnic minorities, endowments for the arts and sciences. Listen to me, much of that was established by Christians who said, we need a hospital. And a bunch of Christians got together and said, we're going to build Holy Cross, St. Joseph. See, a lot of hospitals still have names. In fact, Harvard, Yale, and a bunch of other Ivy League colleges, those schools began as Christian impulses. They were like, you know what we need? We need a place to train the next generation, right? To bless the world. They were founded by intensely Christian, Christian people who were just committed. We need the gospel to get out. And those same institutions today are divorced from the very religious urges that brought them to life. Very few people today would think of Harvard or Yale as a faith-based organization. But that's what it started as. Beloved, in the name of Jesus, please do not let the same be said about the church. It started as a faith-based organization. Now it's a really cool country club in Santa Clarita. We are here to change the world and take as many people with us as possible. That's why we're here. We're a faith-based organization. We're believing the next, okay, let's get this thing done. And whatever we focus on, that's, that's what Jesus was talking about. Whatever we're focusing on is going to dictate our behavior. It's going to dictate our actions. We focus on earthly success or on wealth. We're going to spend our energy on earthly things. But when we focus on God's priorities, our actions have different priorities. They reflect our different priorities. And we begin to really look at the fact that our reward in heaven is going to last forever, where moths don't destroy, rust doesn't take over. Beloved, our treasure is anything that we value above everything else. What is our treasure because that's what motivates us to action. For some, it is money. For others, it's power. Some strive for fame and attention and applause. There's lots of stuff in this world that's vying for the control of our heart. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. The thing that I want most is what my heart's after. And according to Jesus, determining where our treasure is, that determines where our heart is. So let's get our head in the clouds. Let's stockpile our treasure there. Let's do that. We're, that's Because, listen, stuff doesn't rot. It doesn't decompose there. I'm going to replace the flowers. They were looking so good in the summer. Now the summer flowers are starting to go, and i got to get ready for fall flowers. I love my garden, but I'm like, oh, man. It just keeps decomposing. It's like flowers are here, flowers are gone. Deadhead the flower. Oh, now they're gone again. It's work, 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 work. But you know what? 
Moths don't destroy. I, I, I'm, I'm going to continue to store my treasure. Let's be people whose treasure in heaven. We're putting our treasure in heaven. Let's not be owned by the things of earth. We can own things, but let's not be owned by them. Let's get busy giving and serving with tangible evidence for the one. That's what we keep saying. For the one. For the one in our worship. For the one in our worship. That not just in song, but as Jesus said, God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So for the one, I come here to worship. For the one in our discipleship, understanding and then helping each person fully embrace God's love and truth. That's what I'm doing. Now, let me tell you what you need to know. Maybe you should ask me if, if I want to know that or not. You've heard me say it. Opinions are best received when requested. So we seek first to understand, and then we help each person fully embrace God's love and truth. That's why we're for, one, for the one in discipleship, and we are for the one in evangelism. We are reaching more because there's more to reach. There's a ton of people to reach. 87% of our valley is not in church on a Sunday morning. There's work to be done. Take a look at the empty seats. And this is just one of the buildings. 87%, there's work to be done in your neighborhood, your neighbors, your job, the grocery store. It is time for us, again, to bring tangible evidence that we are for the people of the Santa Cruz Valley. Not just, we're minding our own business and we've got to stay away from those people. Beloved, I want to encourage you in giving and serving. This morning, we're celebrating, because we can, it's ice cream Sunday. So what should we do? Celebrate accordingly. So we have ice cream for you. It's over in the hospitality wing. We've got vanilla with caramel, vanilla with strawberry, and vanilla with chocolate, right? So listen, it's just a cup, but it's a great way to start your day. I want you to go, if you have kids, go pick them up first, but then come over here, and here's what I'm looking for. Would you begin to have that conversation. What does that look like in my context? See, for my context, I, I don't serve, I, I don't, I've never served in our children's ministries. So that's, that's not what I do, but somebody here will. Uh, and now I serve outside of our congregation, but because I serve here in our congregation, but I'm, uh, see, I, I'm, I'm paid to be good, right? You guys are good for nothing, right? It's free. No, I don't, I don't mean... I don't mean good for nothing. I mean good for free. That's what I meant. Good for free. Good for free. I want you to have a conversation about stockpiling today. Would you talk about stockpiling? Wow. What am I stockpiling? You know what? I've got to think about this. If, if, that, if those, just my imagination, if I'm stockpiling building resources for the place I'm going to live somewhere at some point in my life, what is stored up there? How many pallets are waiting to be unwrapped for Jesus' building materials? He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't tell you this so that we can be together. I'm going to come back for you, but I'm preparing this place, and I'm using the pallets that you sent up to me. Well, I don't know what's up there. <laughs> Plumbing, electrical, roofing. Have that conversation. Let me pray. Father, I want to thank you for our time together today. I thank you, Jesus, for your word about heaven. 
Paul told us, set your sights on the realities of heaven. I'm asking in Jesus' name that as we enjoy ice cream today, because we can, Lord, that you would let the conversations happen with our spouse. Maybe it's on the ride home too, I don't know. It would happen with our friends. We'd have some laughs. We would be glad that it's cold ice cream and it's hot outside. Lord, I thank you for my friends here. I thank you for those who have gathered the answer for the kingdom today. The last 84 years, there have been generations before us that made it possible that we're standing here today. 84 years ago, this congregation, somebody said, we need a congregation to celebrate Jesus. And so they built a church. The sanctuary is here today because for 84 years, people have stepped up to do their part at their time. I pray that we would know our part for our time. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Let it be done. Thank you.